AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Okay, guys, Weekside Podcast back for the second episode this week. We've got Jenny Vrentis, as always. We've got uh, my uh, future potential co-host, my uh, two-year-old daughter, hanging out on the couch watching Word Party. So hopefully everybody here loves a uh, little Word Party because that's going to be a little ambient uh, ambient sound in the background. I think everybody likes a little Word Party. You watch Word Party, right, Jenny? Definitely. I just said to you, Connor, it's happening. Today <laughs> is the day when she seizes the co-host role. She's been, you know creeping up on it you've been hearing her footsteps for a while it could happen today so by the end of the show we might have a little lineup change but we'll see what happens <laughs> so i think we can uh, uh jump pretty much right into the news i mean you know th- this is status quo kind of nfl stuff right now i mean it's injuries it's you know new coaches it's you know talking about all the stuff that we would normally have dissected i think throughout the summer um but are now just getting a chance to look at so uh let- let's dive in with something that 
I'm really interested, and I actually have a hot take on. So I will I will read the first news topic here, and that's new Giants head coach Joe Judge has come under fire for his Belichick reminiscent tough guy routine, which includes removing player names from the back of their jerseys and running laps for mistakes. Um, a couple of play, former players came out and sort of uh, banged Joe Judge for this, said it was ridiculous and they needed to be himself. Joe Judge says it's, it's, it's to give every activity meaning and that, that's important. But is he cooking a dish that players might not want to eat? Jenny, what's your, uh, what's your take on this? Well, I don't have a problem with coaches taking whatever tack they think is necessary. I think where it becomes a problem is when you try to emulate someone else's style. So if this is indeed Joe Joe Judge's style, then that's good. But if he's just trying to replicate the Belichick style, that's where we see the problems creep in. That's where we see it, it becomes a challenge to replicate the harsh coaching methods when you don't have the results to back it up. And that's the difficulty for any new coach coming in who is a former Belichick disciple is that they don't have six rings to use as proof for their new set of players. But I don't know. I mean, these things always seem to go one or two, one of two ways. And I think that the amount of chatter around this, though, does raise some eyebrows. So I, I have two things. First of all, do you think that Yes, I mean, this might be something that Belichick has done in the past, but it, could it be that Belichick also hired Joe Judge because Joe Judge was a similar kind of person as he was and agreed to, you know, and, and said, like, here are my coaching philosophies and this is what I like to do, you know? And what I think is interesting about this is, you know, running laps is is fine. You know, I think that running laps is a legitimate thing. I mean, and removing the names from the back of jerseys. I mean, whatever. It, mm-hmm. if, if you're really trying to instill meaning, I think that there are a lot dumber things that coaches have done, a lot of greater lengths they've done to say, I'm the new sheriff in town and this is how we're doing things. I think this is all relatively harmless. You know, you're setting an example. You're doing it in a throwback way. Um, I, I think it's all sort of uh, fits into the culture that he said he's trying to create. So I don't know. I, I for one, just don't have a problem problem with it. I think a lot of people are rolling their eyes and saying, oh, okay, here we go again. But um, to me, this doesn't whiff of like a, an immediate like Matt Patricia thing that yeah. uh, is supposed to like perk our ears up and say, oh, this is a problem. I think this is kind of different, you know? And, you know, I think that judge doing it for these reasons, you got to earn your name on the back of the jersey, whatever, whatever, is different. I mean, it's uh, it's something that we don't see. I know Belichick does the odd, the bizarre numbers, but I think that's more to mess with us than anything else. It was we try to do a te- roster attendance than, uh, than it would be to like earn your number or something like that. So I don't know. I'm I'm fine with what uh, Joe Judge is doing. I think it's okay, and I think it's like everybody's pouncing on him right away when. I don't know. I just don't think that that's a pounceable offense, personally. Yeah, I guess what I meant about the chatter being a concern is because there is the pouncing on it and because Mm -hmm. it's being scrutinized, does it then kind of make things snowball a little bit or does it maybe exacerbate a problem that isn't there? That's where I think sometimes is then you have players saying, well, this former player is saying it shouldn't be like this, et cetera, et cetera. But I think your take is an interesting one, Connor, that maybe this was his style and that was why he was brought in. I also think this is a team that's endured a lot of coaching changes. And so I think it's good that Joe Judge is making like a strong impact that this is 
has been an organization that's been lost, right? They need a strong voice. They need a, a clear direction. Um, you know, and I think you think a little bit back to Brian Flores in Miami last year, and I think maybe some of his you know, early steps that he took last year in Dolphins camp maybe elicited some of the same eyebrow raising. But I think now everyone's pretty excited for the second year in Miami. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how it unfolds. I would be shocked if Giants fans and the Giants front office in particular are at all concerned about this because to me, this whiffs of exactly the sandwich they ordered. Like right. this is right. this this is um, you know, if Tom Coughlin was Chipotle, this is Cadoba. It's very much the same thing. You know, it's very similar. And, you know, they can get all high and mighty about their discipline and their toughness mm-hmm. and their character. And this all just like this is this is the kind of thing that Giants fans like to just, you know, waft and smell all the time that they they have better than everybody else in drove so to me it's like why are we even raising this as an issue because <laughs> the fans love this i mean this is right up their alley uh the front office i'm guessing has to love this when joe judge told them that he was taking the names off the back of the jerseys and making them run laps i'm sure there was somebody fainting and saying oh I take the job, Joe, like whatever you want, however much money you possibly want, take the job. This is what we want. So I, I, I really don't see the big deal here. I think that it's, you know, not to quote Aaron Rodgers, but do we have a little bit of a 24 seven news cycle problem in our business? Yes. And did that stand out for a day? And that gave some people a little bit of, you know, room to, to pick at it. Yes. But I, I do not see this becoming an issue. Now, if they're Owen six, uh, then uh, you have the anonymous player popping off in the locker room and saying how ridiculous this was. And if you're right. six and zero, you have the comfy feature story saying that this was the building block of the uh, of the dream season. You know, right, right. I also think it was clearly intentional to go after Saquon Barkley. That is your example mm-hmm. of here you are, and you're basically say to Saquon ahead of time, I'm going to make an example out of you. You're a star player. You know, you're a respected voice in the locker room, and so. It's Today, you're going to have to show everybody that you can absorb my harsh criticism. This is what we did to Tom, you know, in New England. Right, exactly. Blah, blah, blah. Exactly. Yeah. Jenny, but, there's just, you know, every, yeah, everybody's everything got follows the playbook. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's a, the first time that I'm truly blown away in the NFL or the next time I'm truly blown away in the NFL will be the first time. You know, I thought of an idea for you, Connor. You know how you did the head coach who's struggling, like their like playbook that the steps that they go through. Mm -hmm. You should just do this for multiple situations and like trademark it and be like Connor Orr's guide to, you know, (laughs) head coach on the hot seat, Um, (laughs) new head coach trying to win over his players. Oh, Um, that's good. GM trying to distance himself from problematic head coach. I mean, there's a lot of directions (laughs) that you can go in, and I think this would be a great regular feature. For the football season when we might have limited access and might be a little more difficult, let's say, to come up with interesting ideas. This is the year for it, Connor. I like that. Jenny's just always giving me good uh, good ideas for content. Okay, you know? so people can check the MMQB in the coming weeks, you know, see the, the fruits of this idea. You'll so. see how out of ideas I am based on how soon 
that this appears. Not that it's a bad idea, but just that I'm so out of ideas that I will take. I'm I'm taking the first thing that. Ah, well, you have to wait till a situation calls for it, though. I mean, I can think of another one too, like coach with struggling quarterback. You know, Mm. like what happened with Trubisky and the Bears last season. Like, there's like you know turning off the TVs in the team facility, and then working with him on body language, and then trying to build his confidence, and then next year trying a different backup you know like lots of different right i mean these there's are, a we, lot of these yeah these are good i i just love it the the weak side pod jenny just takes care of me and writes basically 90 percent of my story no it's it's great. mutual mutual idea sharing um <laughs> all right on to topic two george kittle signed a five-year 75 million dollar extension bringing the average per year salary of the league's highest paid tight end to 15 million per year this is significant for multiple reasons. Discuss among yourselves. <laughs> I think that this deal goes ahead and eliminates what was the best market inefficiency in football, which was the tight end position. Ah, yes. That's my take because now you're bringing the highest tight end salary to within $7 million of the highest wide receiver salary, mm. um, which before the highest tight end salary was... Uh, I think Ertz at like nine and a half and the highest wide receiver salary was 22, you know? So you had this gigantic gap between um, wide receiver and tight end and tight ends are basically doing all of the same things that wide receivers are doing now, creating the same mismatch problems, plus they're blocking. And so it was one of those things. It's like, holy crap, you're, you're basically getting, you know, half of a left tackle and uh, all of a wide receiver for a fraction of the price. And I think the Ravens, one of those teams that figured that out super early. Yeah, I agree. There was Hunter Henry. He's got the 10.6 million tag, I think. And mm-hmm. then um, you also had Austin Hooper in the 10 million range. So yep. it was definitely lower than the worth of the position, especially as you described, because that position is asked to do so many different things. It's really an undervalued position. Um, but this is a big step towards correcting that, uh, and overdue. Like I'm surprised that it took that long. Um, but yeah, I mean, Kittle, Ertz, Kelsey, they're among the most exciting players to watch in the NFL at any position, not just like great tight ends. Like they're, big factors on their teams. They're game-changing players, and they just happen to play the tight end position. Yeah. No, I think this is um, – It's a good. I mean, it's a good deal for Kittle, good for him. I think it's still probably a half-decent deal um, for the 49ers because mm-hmm. you're locking him up now. If you're that first team to break the barrier, you're usually still saving a little bit of money because inevitably some of the better tight ends now are going to want to get into that uh, upper echelon market and probably have the leverage to do so. So I think it's not a bad deal for the 49ers. And, you know, the only thing that's really a bad deal for in general was, you know, this is sort of like the Todd Gurley um, contract with the Rams, except for the fact that it's going to stick that way, right? Like mm-hmm. the running back market, I think, fell back down uh, into a little bit of a valley, whereas the tight end market, I think, is here to stay. This is an established number now that players are going to be able to ask for and get. And so maybe you won't see as many teams sort of loading up on the position because it's so cheap and so effective. Although, you know, rookie contracts are still as such. I mean, you're still getting a tremendous value out of those. 
Yeah. And I thought Mike Silver from NFL Network had some really good reporting on how the deal came together. And he reported that Kittle's agent actually wanted a four-year deal, um, but agreed to accept the five-year deal uh, because there was more cash on the front end and more money guaranteed silver rights. So that kind of gets to what you're saying. I mean, if you're if you're locking yourself in for five years, then... Um, you know, Kittle is going to probably be underpaid at the end of that, but there were benefits of getting the money up front. Well, I guess that was actually opposite of what you were saying. You were saying that the market is not going to sag like the girly, the running back market did after the girly <laughs> deal. But, you know, it's all, uh, we're just talking about markets here, Connor. You know, bear market, bull market, we're really up on things. So, And the way that Kittle plays, you know, I'm not saying that. I mean, Kittle, I think, is doing not quite running back damage to his body, but is incurring probably something similar to that. So I think that, yeah. you know, if you're that physical of a player and you're playing that physical of a position, mm-hmm. um, I think it's good It's good to cash in. And especially if you're able to elevate the market as much as you did there, I think that's a win-win. And, you know, maybe that fifth year doesn't end up really making that much of a difference in the long run. Yeah, yeah. And I think someone, uh, one of the 49ers reporters pointed out that like Kittle was like the photo in the room where negotiations were taking place. So it's like, you know, you have a lot of leverage if you're a guy that's posted on the wall. And like, Seriously. you know, like you got to be happy for the guy. Like fifth round pick, he comes in, he makes a huge impact. Um, I mean, a great find for the team in the fifth round. Um, to become the kind of player that he is. And then he gets this big contract extension that resets the market. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of your ideal situation for both player and team. No doubt. Absolutely. Hey, guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Ready to bring some spring vibes indoors? Bare Premium Plus Paint is here to make it happen. And it's starting at only $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. Picture your kitchen coming to life by adding a pop of blue with the bare exclusive color Arrowhead Lake. And let's not forget your living room. Picture it drenched in the lush, verdant tones of Amazon jungle, breathing new life into your space with every glance. Head into your bathroom and let the cool breeze of sea glass wash away all your stress. And when the morning sun peeks through your bedroom window, Feel the warmth and comfort of a spring sunrise with shades like coral cloud and dark crimson. 
Whatever your inspiration, start your spring with a durable finish that resists dirt and grime to last all season. And let your creativity bloom with Bare Premium Plus paint, starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for 40% off site-wide and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for 40% off site-wide at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. All right, what do we have for uh, topic number three here? Okay, the Baltimore Ravens clearly thirsting for the least destructive veteran wide receiver available on the open market. Hosted Des Bryant for a workout earlier this week. Uh, Jenny, does this interest you at all, or is it simply just a, a little nostalgia hit amid the training camp minutia? As long as it's not Antonio Brown, I don't really care. I mean, I agree. There were serious concerns that we've talked about in the past over there. Uh, Lamar Jackson saying that he would like to have Brown. Obviously, Brown is the cousin of Marquise Brown, and so there's a tie there. But yes, we are very troubled by that kind of being casually floated without getting into the backstory. Uh, the Des Bryant reporting, I thought, really reflected how desperate people are for just for like not desperate in a bad way, but just hungry people are for like the mm-hmm. little details and like the normal rhythm. Because like there was some reporting that like he was picked up in a white Range Rover or something from the airport, and I was like, people just really want like to like feel like this is a normal training camp, yes. and like <laughs> we can like be discussing like these like you know you know funny little details in the middle of a global pandemic um so you know i don't know what to expect there i mean i think the fact that they brought him in for a workout makes sense just to kind of see but i don't know that it's going to end up being anything no i don't think it you know and it's funny i mean this has been like we've talked about more des bryant visits than uh Mm -hmm. we've talked at length about more des bryant visits than we've talked about des bryant uh games played since he left the cowboys and again he had the the injury with the saints Mm -hmm. um when he signed with them but remember there was the big to-do on hard knocks when he came through the browns facility and visited with the team there uh and then the saints and then the Ravens now. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess it all depends on what kind of shape he's in. You know, this is not one of those things where, you know, this is not even 
Jerry Rice signing with the Raiders where you know you're going to get a little bit more production or you know or something like that towards the back end of their career but it, it might be serviceable I mean it's it's clearly telegraphing you know based on their interest in both Antonio Brown and Des Bryant that they feel that they do still have a need at the position which I think is always more interesting to me is that they've kind of gotten in they've gotten to evaluate everything and now they say okay this is this is where we need some help yeah, I mean, hasn't played in a game since 2017, but it is kind of wild to think that when his Cowboys tenure ended and it was kind of a bad ending. I mean, there was a lot of he, he posted a lot on Twitter and he made some public comments and it was clear that it was a, a bitter split, right, um, that we wouldn't see him again. I mean, as you mentioned, the injury in New Orleans, but uh, it's still crazy that that's the last time we've seen him in a game. Yeah, no, it's great. And just like one of arguably uh, one of the most dominant receivers of the era, you know, a guy that really changed um, the trajectory of that team in Dallas made a majority of Tony Romo's career um, at, for, for making plays. So who knows? Yeah. I mean, I think it's always interesting to me to see that like what sort of value teams place on guys like this. And who knows? Maybe he pops back into uh, pops back into Baltimore and has a decent career. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm all for a little bit of uh, of, uh, you know, what would you call it? Um, well, we said nostalgia, but it's not really nostalgia. It's like I'm a big fan of aging players coming back and, okay. doing, and doing big things. Like when I filled in, I was like a like a third person on the Yankees beat for a little while when I was an intern. And like that summer, um, they signed like for the playoff push, they signed like uh, Carrie Wood and um, Lance Berkman. And mm -hmm. like all these like guys who were like really good when I was a kid and like that was neat. So this is kind of a fun thing, I guess, you know? Yeah, I think there's something that everyone can relate to of like being told you're past your prime or it's over and then resurging. I think like all of us have some level of connection to that storyline. I mean, it's not performing on an athletic stage for most of us, but you know, as you get older, you feel like you age out of things and that's kind of sad. So uh, <laughs> yeah can always root for a comeback we're reminded on twitter every day that we're past our prime jenny so. that's right that's right yeah or, or maybe we never really had a prime <laughs> um all right news topic number four the washington football team hired former nfl player and mckinsey executive jason wright to be the team's president wright is the first black team president in nfl history Following moves to diversify both their front office and broadcast booth, does it feel like Washington is crawling in the right direction? I use the word crawling because you know that none of this would have happened had they not um, been exposed the way that yes, they did. Yes, none right? of it's voluntary, essentially. Or, or they're, being, they're being pushed. They're making the right moves for the wrong reasons, as it's been the last few months, right? And but But then here's my thing is like, I, it's almost something to root for because then it mm -hmm. shows teams like, look, this is good. You know, it's good to have a, you know, a female um, perspective in the broadcast booth. There are so many like so, 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 so many great female play by play um, broadcasters that are not getting looks. And, you know, it's basically uh, Washington and Oakland. Beth Moens is over in Oakland um, and has done a great job for years. And it's, you know, I went to, uh, we, we both went th uh, through school where our school, we saw the, the communications track and how white male that was, but that we certainly worked with hyper talented females that were just driven into other parts of the business inevitably. And mm -hmm. I'm sure the same thing can be said for, um, 
former uh, African-American players who maybe they were steered into um, scouting or player development or, you know, one of these other roles instead of, hey, front office, team president, like put your stamp on this thing. You know, this is a role that you actually have a seat at the table and, and can make a big difference. So in a way, I'm rooting for them because I want other teams to see that, hey, this is good. The, you know, these things will benefit your organization and make your team better. I loved his answer to the question. Emmanuel Acho asked Jason Wright, what would you say to those who think you got the job just because you're black? And he had the best answer to this question I have ever heard. He's like, then I would tell anyone who else who's, I'm paraphrasing, but he essentially said, who's played seven years in the NFL, who got an MBA at a top five program, uh, who became a top executive at McKinsey. If there's anyone else with those credentials and I got the job because I'm black, I'm sorry. It was yeah. just such a great answer because it was it was confidently stating his qualifications being essentially saying like, I'm qualified for this role regardless. I'm more qualified than almost any other candidate you could think of um, and addressing those comments that will certainly come. So unfortunately, I mean, of course, like this is always part of the conversation. Like, well, okay, if he was the best candidate, then it's okay to hire a black person. Well, guess what? He was the best candidate. Right. Like he's a person who's been in the mix for these positions for a long time. Um, he talked about, I know Kevin Warren, who at his role at the Vikings before becoming big 10 commissioner was essentially doing the job of a team president without the title. So there have been a lot of qualified candidates ahead of him that never quite got that title of team president, but, um, uh, just like a slam dunk hire for a lot of reasons. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, say what you will. I mean, but that McKinsey track um, has its fingerprints all over professional baseball, professional basketball. Um, you know, that seems to be a well of teams to hire from. And so, again, I mean, it's, you know, hopefully people look at the entire scope of the hire here. And hopefully Washington does build something interesting because I, I feel like, even though it's like we said, they're begrudgingly being pushed in a certain direction, at least mm -hmm. it's the right direction. And mm -hmm. so, you know, how does a team president, can he get a stamp on, you know, uh, maybe how they push their personnel direction, personnel um, department moving forward, their coaching staff, you know, can he be a pipeline um, uh, for other maybe uh, marginalized uh, voices in the, in the building and outside the building? So I don't yeah. know. I'm, I'm yeah. hoping it all goes well. And it's, you know, a reminder of just how lacking hiring has been in the NFL in a league where 70% of players are black, that he, the first team president comes in the, what are we in the hundred first year of the league. So, Jeez. I mean, that is a jarring reminder, but like, it's important to keep saying first black president, not saying like, this is his achievement or accomplishment, although it is, but just reminding you too, of the fact that like, there were failings before that led to this point. So no doubt. All right. Do you want to read topic five, Connor? Let's do it. Um, Melvin Ingram is quote unquote holding in while expressing <laughs> unhappiness over his current deal. Mm -hmm. After the chargers made Joey Bosa, the highest paid defensive player in football. Is it fair uh, for Ingram to assume he is owed a little bit of a service fee for drawing away some of those defenders? I a hundred percent think that it's fair. I don't think Joey Bosa would be as dominant of a player as he is without Melvin Ingram. Uh, Melvin Ingram is an important veteran voice uh, in that locker room. Anthony Lynn was talking him up during the hard knocks 
uh, conference call as uh, one of those guys that people are going to look to for energy and guidance. And so you need to pay him. You have Mm -hmm. to take care of it. Yeah, I agree. It's an interesting situation because they have these two premier edge rushers. Many teams are just looking for one top end edge rusher and they have two. And I think you can't underestimate how much that helps when they can play off of each other. And that I think it's difficult to talk about either's production without acknowledging the other because they are intertwined. Mm -hmm. Um, And I like that Joey Bosa supported him. He said, uh, We've talked a little bit, and all I have to say is I'm going to support him. Um, He has to take care of himself. He would love to play with us. He wants to be out there, but he's got to handle business. So I think that was a great comment from Bosa, and I think that's an acknowledgement of the fact that, yeah, like they do work off each other, and um, they're intertwined, and you know it makes sense that PC's Bosa get this extension. He's in the final year of his contract and wants a little bump. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those um, things. I mean, I think it's a good move, too, by um, Ingram because uh, this is a huge season for the Chargers, I think. I mean, you know, regardless of what they're able to do fan-wise in the new stadium, I mean, this is a roster that's sort of built to win now, and I think after this Mm -hmm. season really starts to slowly come apart. I mean, you have some really key pieces on both sides of the ball, they're going to start showing some age. And so this is a good time, I think, to strike while the iron's hot and say, yeah, you guys need to uh, need to take care of this now. Yeah, and I think it makes sense for him to put the pressure on now. Now, we obviously saw last season, last preseason, Melvin Gordon's holdout didn't quite work as planned. Um, so we'll see where this one leads. But I agree with everything you said. It feels like this is a team that, you know, wants to be able to win this season i mean like every team does of course but just the way that they're constructed i i think that's spot on connor no doubt um all right so we're to the final segment here which um you know involves a prediction on my part a consensus uh on your part and i think that uh for my prediction this week we're going to talk a little bit about the next so we um we go through these waves, right, of training camp where we get um, are hyper focused on one thing based off of a practice performance, you know, um, whether it's a rookie who does like a leaping catch or does something like super exciting. And I think that the DeAndre Hopkins spoon is going to be in full bloom uh, oh. coming up here. Like uh, he's starting to practice with the team uh, today. We're recording this on Wednesday at about one o'clock in the afternoon. So I think uh, this will be the week of Hopkins. It will be how effortlessly him and Kyler Murray are connecting, how powerful this Cardinals offense is going to look. I think we're in full, uh, uh, we're in full anticipation of a big time DeAndre Hopkins swoon here. Were you going to say full bloom love? Full bloom love. Yeah. Gentlemen of the gentlemen. Yes. Yes. (laughs) What do you think? Am I far off? No, I love that. I I think that's a really good prediction because there's always a player that's changed teams and like some kind of backstory, right? That like people are high on the Cardinals anyway. And there's a lot of anticipation for what's going to happen this season. And I think Hopkins just kind of adds to that. So I think that's good, Connor. I'm, uh, I guess this is one that we've got to track in the. I mean, the coming days, like your prediction could come true before this podcast even posts. I like that one. That's yes. a, that's a good week. Just an easy in out, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, what do we got for, uh, for your consensus this week? 
Okay, so right before we started recording, I was alerted to a string of tweets from Green Bay where the local press corps, who does an excellent job, um, Rob Domofsky has tweeted a statement from the Green Bay PFWA, that's a Pro Football Writers Association, Breaking a long-standing tradition of the publicly owned Packers, coach Matt LaFleur and GM Brian Gutekunst are prohibiting media at training camp from reporting who is getting reps with the first team, second team, third team, etc., and for making projections on the depth chart and personnel packages, which is a rite of passage of training camp, Connor, 53-person roster projections. What? Media in Green Bay has never revealed schemes, special packages, or strategy as part of previously established ground rules in conjunction with the PFWA. And then I loved the follow-up tweet from Tom Silverstein, who wrote, grass is green at practice, and there are some players on it. I am not allowed to tell you where they are standing, however. I just (laughs) want to stand up for our colleagues in Green Bay. I think this kind of... It's just so a frustrating part of the NFL. We are not dealing with national security issues here. The Packers are a publicly owned team. So if you are a public uh, or if you're a member of the public who owns a share in the Packers, you should go and say, hey, I demand a live feed or something. I mean, obviously, teams can set their criteria. Um, that is unfortunately part of the agreement this year and that, you know, these are technically private practices. So the teams can set their own restrictions for practices that are not, um, broadcast via a live feed or something of the sorts. But we talked the other day about, you know, kind of the jets accommodating things when the team had to move indoors. And I just think it would be a shame if people, coaches, teams, GMs use the pandemic as an excuse to, restrict access, right? This is already going to be a year where access is more difficult. If it's not for safety reasons, and if you would normally have practice open and you would be able to be reporting who's working with the first team, which is a normal part of training camp, then you should do your best to meet those same guidelines this year. Uh, This to me is just one of those things where a team is exerting control for absolutely no reason. And I think it's annoying. And it's frustrating because, you know, for example, you know, uh, you know, I think it was Aaron Nagler posted that, you know, there were fans flying in uh, to watch Packers, Packers practice from underneath the slat and the tarp. Um, and what's to prevent them from, uh, you know, misreporting or, you know, saying that somebody's in the wrong place or, you know, that somebody got hurt that they didn't or, you know, people are still there at practice and can provide untrue or misleading information. Now, I'm not saying that those two uh, fans are going to provide misleading information in particular but like people can still see practice in various places to a degree and like why wouldn't you want this effort streamlined to put out accurate information like no coach in the history of the nfl has ever told me that he gleaned some sort of hot information from my daily giants training camp practice Mm -hmm. reports which were robust by the way i mean you did uh, a great job with your daily reports so (laughs) it's possible somebody could have gleaned information but you know i mean this is how absurd is it to say that this is this was the start this is the team's offensive line going into day day one like is somebody going to show up week one and blown away by your running back usage like i mean you're still going to have that same element of surprise regardless of what we um what we say i mean you know, I, I just think that it's doing the fans a disservice. Mm-hmm. It's doing everybody a disservice that loves their football team and during this crazy time would just like a little bit of interesting tidbit information. 
Yeah, and I think that people who have covered the NFL for a long time or even a shorter period of time, many people in on the Green Bay beat have been there for a long time. They're veterans of the beat. And as Rob wrote in the statement from the local PFWA chapter, you know, they've never revealed schemes, special packages, or strategy as part of previously existing rules. I think most reporters have an understanding of like where the line is. And those are things you don't reveal. But basic stuff about who's working with who, um, and you know, guessing the depth chart and the, you know, I, I just feel like those are things that that's just unnecessary. And that's stuff that would normally be on public display during this kind of year. So essentially, or during a, a regular kind of year. So you're essentially using these circumstances to restrict the media further. And I think my fear, Connor, is that things don't revert to normal, right? My fear would be that teams would use whatever restrictive procedures are in place this year. And I hope that's not the case. I hope everyone understands we're in a tough situation. Media is just trying to do their jobs. Obviously, teams want to be safe. I think everybody respects that. But I just hope this doesn't become something that like ends up being a turn that like permanently marginalizes media mm-hmm. and makes it more difficult for media who are just there to do their jobs. So dumb. I remember doing, God, how many versions of the 50, guess the 53 man roster post. Yeah. Like, and that, you know. that inherent in that is the depth chart. Cause if you're projecting the roster, you have to know how players rank at every yep. position. Ridiculous. Bad job. Bad job by, um, bad job by the Packers. Bad job by the Packers. Yeah. So that's the consensus today. I think that's an easy one to get behind. Connor. No doubt. I hope so. Well, the good news is we made it through the show and you have not <laughs> been replaced by your daughter. So, you yeah, know. Big round of applause for baby girl or here uh, uh, quietly eating her goldfish and watching word party instead of uh, crashing the podcast. But she was more than welcome to do. But she yeah, I mean, didn't. as we said, you know, she's always welcome and has a future in store here on the pod. It's just a matter of time. But her completely we will keep ignoring con- me uh, would would lead me to believe that she thinks she's so confident in the fact that she could do a better job that she's not even paying uh, me any attention. So She's uh, letting us hang on to Connor for a little while longer, <laughs> which we all enjoy. Well, Very thanks, good. everyone, for joining again this week. We'll be back next week with more on the Weekside Pod. This podcast is me, Jenny Rentis, and Connor Orr. We are produced by Shelby Royston. SI's executive producer of podcasts is Scott Brody. Ben Eagle is Director of Editorial Projects and Product. Mark Moravik is Emeritus Executive Director of the MMQB. Keep up with our entire lineup of podcasts five days a week by subscribing to the MMQB NFL Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, please do us a favor and leave a rating and review. It really does help other people find the show, which is also available on Spotify, Radio.com, Stitcher, SI.com, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough 
introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.